Well, today's message is dedicated to the class of 2021, our graduating seniors. Uh, It was also written to everybody who has endured this whole year. So that would make all of us, right? You know, there's certain questions for our graduates that that are appropriate and that we would have expected them to be asking leading up to their senior year and, and then as, as ideally it would have transpired. You know, questions like, uh, what's, what's an easy elective I can take and kind of coast a little bit? But for me, it was contemporary issues where we read the newspaper and talked about it. Uh, when, when is this or that application due? Right, these, the logistical things of your senior year. What, what's my next step after high school? That's a big question. And, and even specific things like, what am I going to wear to prom? In addition to all those, uh, you were faced with questions that we wish you never had to ask. Things like, where did I put my mask? Uh, it's Wednesday. Is this a virtual or an in-person day? Ah. Questions like, did I get that Zoom? Did I get the email? Where is the Zoom? Different types of questions. I wonder how we're going to pull off senior night. I think I speak for our church and for our community on behalf of all of us. When I tell you, we just hate it for you. We hate it so much. Now, we're not going to stay here forever, right? Kind of wallowing in in, uh, this past year. But I do think we have to acknowledge reality. That this is not how this was supposed to go. So class of 2021 and all of us, I'd invite you to take a moment and think about something or someone uh, that you've lost this year. Let me give you a, a moment to think about that. For some of us, that might be a person that we've lost. Maybe it was an opportunity or an experience. We could all make a long list of things that we mourn, is my guess. And and one of the things I mourn for our students is this last year of your childhood that's been lost to a global pandemic. You know, as a parent, part of my instinct is to to shield my four and seven-year-old from as much pain as possible. And I know that that's a futile exercise and that I won't be able to do that forever. But darn it, I'm going to try as much as I can for as long as I can. And, And for our class of 2021, none of us were able to shield you from the pain of this pandemic. And so what I mourn is that you had to grow up just a little bit too fast. Because here's how you know you're growing up. When you are faced with the question, what do I do when life does not go as scripted? That's what it feels like to grow up. What do I do when life does not go as scripted? That's the question we're going to try and answer today. And my guess is that this applies to more people than just our graduates. So what do we do when life does not go as scripted? Well, first we need to look at what forms our concept of what the script should be. For a lot of us, the script of our life is ideally defined in the stories we tell ourselves. 
And the story we want to tell ourselves a lot of time is that life is just going to get better and better. Watch how hard I tried to be relevant. Post Malone said, 20 candles, blow them out, open our eyes. We were looking forward to the rest of our lives. Researcher Duke Marshall calls this an ascending narrative. An ascending narrative. A story we tell ourselves that life is just going to get better and better and better. We want life defined as up and to the right. This is what we want. This is like a graph of profit over time. That's what we hope for, and that's what we kind of expect somehow. Up and to the right, an ascending narrative. Ascending narratives are when challenges decrease and blessings increase. Who doesn't want that? When LeBron James joined the Miami Heat along with Chris Bosh and Chris Bosch and Dwayne Wade, he was asked, well, LeBron, how many championships do you think your team will win? This was his response. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven. I really believe that. This would be an ascending narrative. We're just gonna win, all I do is win. And, and we know deep down that life doesn't actually work like this. Things don't always go up and to the right. LeBron and the Miami Heat, they only won two titles, not seven. Now two's still pretty good, I'd take two. But sometimes the story we find ourselves in is a descending narrative. Now, see the great care I take to make sure we reach all generations. Because Eric Clapton sang a song. Uh, he described a descending narrative about someone who lived a carefree life of riches until they lost it all, all their money, all their friends. Because, of course, nobody knows you when you're down and out. That is a descending narrative. This is what descending narrative sounds like. Well, before COVID fill in the blank, this, just this resignation, or back when I was dating, fill in the blank, or for others of us, well, since I lost my job, and we can find descending narratives on the news each and every day, the idea that all the awful things going on in the world, things are just getting worse and worse, and they'll never get any better. But I think deep down, we also know that life doesn't work like this either. Life is never 100% ascending or 100% descending. What Duke Marshall's research found is that people are most resilient when they embrace what we call, or what are called, oscillating narratives. Now, the only other time I've used the word oscillating in a sentence is in reference to a fan. So I went ahead and put that picture up for you. But if you've had one of these fans, you know, you press that little peg or whatever, and it starts to go back and forth. It starts to oscillate. An oscillating narrative is when we embrace reality, that we all have ups and downs, that life involves ascending and descending times. Oscillating narratives sound like a text my uncle sent me after we couldn't get together for Christmas. He said, nephew, COVID has been hard, but there are brighter days ahead. Or others of us have experienced oscillating narratives. Well, even though I'm out of work, I'm really going to work. I'm going to concentrate on building my resume and, and gaining some new skills. A couple other oscillating narratives you may have experienced. I had to take the ACT six times before I got the score I needed. <laughs> or we saw Patrick Mahomes run for his life in the Super Bowl, but now we're rebuilding that offensive line, aren't we? Yeah. 
So in terms of faith, we encounter these ascending and descending narratives. The Bible contains both types of these stories. Now, some folks kind of choose to gravitate toward one or the other. Some folks believe that their territory is going to increase only, and, and they're going to prosper, and that, that God will bless them with the desires of their heart if they just have enough faith. Last week, I mentioned for other folks, uh, they believe something different, like the worse the world gets, the better, because that means Jesus is closer to coming back. I think a lot of times we get it kind of mixed up, and, and we think that when, if we become a Christian, that life is just going to get easier, right? I mean, I got Jesus, so start me on that up and to the right trajectory. I think an oscillating narrative faith is much different than that. It sounds like what Jesus said in John 16. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus doesn't promise us a life free of struggle. But our circumstances are temporary and he has achieved victory. And so when we find ourselves experiencing a descending narrative, like say, a global pandemic, When life has not gone as scripted, here is the question. How will you let God continue to shape you? In Isaiah 64, the prophet is laying out an oscillating narrative. In verses 1 through 7, Isaiah describes how the people have sinned and they've abandoned God and how God seems so far away. And then everything changes in verse 8, midway through the chapter, with one little word, yet... Isaiah 64, 8 says, Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are the work of your hand. Now, even if you've never taken a ceramics class, I hope we can all appreciate this imagery. Because on a pottery wheel, when pressure is applied, that's what gives the clay its shape. And you can tell it's a, it's a rough, labor-intensive process just by the name. It's called throwing clay. That sounds like it's going to be bumpy. And the pressure exerted upon a formless slab of clay, that pressure is what turns it into a functional instrument or, or maybe even a beautiful piece of pottery. I love this image. That God can use the circumstances of our life, oscillating back and forth, between prosperity and times of pain to mold us into what God has created us to be. Now, we can't always tell if God has caused these descending times or ascending times. And so sometimes it's hard to to find what's, what's what's the origin or what caused the season that I find myself in. That's tricky to say. I do think it's fair for me to guess that God did not cause a pandemic to make it more clear where you should go to college. Is that fair? Like, we got to be careful about placing ourselves in the center of the story, right? Is that the whole world revolves around us, and yet the details of our life are not too mundane for God because we are his clay, the work of his hands. So there's a tension there. And so the question is, will you let God, the master potter, continue to shape your life even in the midst of a descending narrative, especially when life has not gone the way you would have scripted. 
In 2001, as I mentioned, almost 20 years ago now, uh, I entered into a season of a descending narrative because right before my senior year that summer, uh, my parents divorced. I can't tell you how many times I prayed for that not to be the case uh, because I lost count. And then on September 11th, 2001, the September of my senior year, the world changed forever when the World Trade Towers were attacked along with the Pentagon and United Airlines Flight 93. I was just at an airport this weekend and we're still seeing the effects of that day. That's not how I would have scripted the start to my senior year. Now, I'm not trying to get in some sort of competition about whose senior year has been more traumatic, okay? And I'd have been happy to let you win. I would have. Uh, But I found myself with a decision. Which story will I live into? What will I let define me? I could choose to be cynical and say, well, well, what's the point of trying to, uh, to, to be a person who contributes to a world where terrorists fly, fly planes into buildings? I could have been cynical and thought, I had very several good reasons to think, well, what's the point of trying to commit to building a life with someone when it just ends bitterly in a courtroom? And then maybe you've done this too. You start doing some math with God, some, some divine arithmetic, and you start thinking, God, you know how many weeks of Sunday school I went to in a row? I said, I was like the Ted Williams hit record of Sunday school, and this is what I get, right? We start like submitting our resume to God and thinking we, get, we should get a pay raise. <laughs> um, okay, I'm not the only one because we giggle when it's uncomfortable, don't we? All right, I'll take it. But friends, even at 17, 18 years old, I'd seen enough of God's grace in my life that I knew to not give up, that I had to stay in touch with God even when I found my narrative on a downward slope. After my parents' divorce, uh, my dad got custody of me and my mom got custody of my sister who was three years younger. And so for a time, it was just me and my dad uh, living the bachelor life Months after that, it was May of 2002. I was about to graduate. It was prom time. So I went to the store, the rental store, where I tried on my tux to make sure everything fit and all that. And I thought to myself, well, I want to get my money's worth out of this thing. And so I asked them, like, hey, uh, I mean, I've rented this, right? Can I, can I wear it home? And they were like, well, most people don't, but okay. <laughs> that's what you want to do. Go right ahead. And... Uh, at our house, my dad, he was ahead of his time because he had a home office. That's where his office was. And so I walked into his office in my full tux. And I'll never forget, he turned around in his chair and he saw me in my, <laughs> unexpectedly, saw me in my full tux. And he just started crying. Soon we both were. And uh, we just had this moment together. Like, we made it. We made it, and I wanted someone to tell you, you're going to make it. You're going to make it, and that's if you're 18 or 48. I wanted somebody to tell you that God can bring redemption out of the pain in your life if you continue to let him shape it. 
We are the clay, the work of his hands. You're gonna one day be able to say, we made it. I read a great article the other day. Students lead the way for community development. I thought, I see some familiar faces on this article. Look at that. Look, now, the future of Kearney may just rest in the capable hands of five extraordinary high school students. Woo! It featured Peyton Still, Flannery Simmons, Danielle Barnes, Aiden Fultz, and Megan Zingerman. I loved seeing the familiar faces, and I loved this article, this story. Now, here's an here's a, a oscillating narrative if I ever saw one. Unfazed by their circumstances, these students are working to make Kearney a better community with the gifts God gave them. Using their time and talent to research the revitalization of downtown and to research and understand the emerging needs of remote workers. And so emblematic of these students, of all there still is to celebrate, today our community is gonna have a parade. And yeah, and our, our friend uh, Kim Roth was instrumental. All I did, all me and Kaylee did was be like, hey, can we buy some snow cones? And so I wanna read this to you because I'm a very directionally challenged person. And if someone's like, head east, I'm like, is that towards the Sonic or away from the Sonic? <laughs> so I hope this means something to somebody, okay? At 2 p.m., you wanna you want have like a go-do after the sermon? Here it is. At 2 p.m., our seniors are gonna line up at the high school north on Stonecrest. Does that mean anything to you? <laughs> and they're gonna to go to Clear Creek and then turn left on 92 Highway, left on, then right on Prospect, left on Washington Street to 33 Highway, and then they're gonna turn left on 33 Highway. So one of those roads, just post yourself there at about two o'clock, and then we're inviting the seniors once the parade's over to go ahead and take a left on 92 and come on down for uh, uh, some goodies, including Kona Ice snow cones here in our parking lot. We're gonna celebrate our seniors for making it this far. Yes, we wish things could have been different, but in the midst of our frustration, we are gonna make time to scream and honk and yell because we love you so much. Our whole community. And them snow cones, whether you get tiger blood or grape or whatever crazy thing, they're gonna taste like an oscillating narrative. <laughs> now you tell your friends that and impress them. Because in the midst of all this junk, I'm gonna enjoy me a snow cone. I'm gonna celebrate today. Because you made it this far, even in uh, like a celebration of hope, even in the midst of circumstances we all wish we could have changed for you. Part of what we wish we could change is that your senior year is supposed to be one of the best years of your life. That you would launch out of high school into whatever's next and let the journey of up and to the right begin. Well, now you found out that's not always how life works. And, and, and we may try and even recover it, right? Well, that's okay because, um, because uh, the, your, your first couple years in Votech or, or your new career or the military or college, those can be the best years of your life. Your, your 20s, you, you can rebound and your 20s can be the best years of your life. We try and tell ourselves that, that the oscillating narrative or the, the, the ascending narrative can be recovered. Well, that's not how I want to look at life at all. I believe that whether you're a senior or you get a senior discount because you're 65 years old, as long as God is shaping your life, the best days of your life are always ahead of you. 
that when we allow God to treat us like the clay, that we, when we put ourselves in the potter's hands, in the master's hands, that we can know that in all things, somebody say with me, all things. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been according to his purpose. And everybody said together, amen. amen. Seniors, we love you so much. Let's pray. God, thank you for today and this opportunity to be together in your presence. We thank you for this gift of your church, a community to remind ourselves that whatever descending narrative we're encountering does not have the last word. To be reminded that in this world we will have trouble, that we have to face reality, but there is good news that we're going to make it because you have overcome the world. So whether we find ourselves on the edge of a, a new season, moving out the house, going to do something new, or whether we find ourselves just trying to keep on going in the same season we've been in a long time, please accept our offer to continue to view ourselves as clay in the master potter's hands. God, we ask that you continue to shape our lives no matter where we find ourselves on that ascending or descending narrative. May we continue to put our faith in our lives in your hands. Amen.